755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, praise writer for The Athletic. Welcome to 755 is real presented by Tops. I forgot to do that. Check out Tops Project 70 celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. And we got a special guest today. It's going to be good to talk to Andrew Baggerly, the athletics writer for the covers the Giants. He's the Giants beat writer for for the Athletic, and obviously, there's a lot to talk about. Andrew Bags, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. We're we're two of the uh, Athletics old OGs. You've been on your beat for a while. I've been on my beat for a while. We got these guys on some of these other beats who are like in their twenties and still figuring yeah. life out. And 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 you and I have been around the block a few times. So uh, good to be on with you. Well, we're certainly OGs covering our teams, not necessarily for me, for the athletic. It's been longer than I thought. It's been actually two and a half to three years now. But uh, you've been covering the Giants, I think, about as long or longer than I've been covering the Braves. When did you start covering the Giants? Yeah, my first year on the Giants was 2004. Uh, okay. That was my first year. So, yeah, I started the, the Braves 02. Okay, and that tracks about right. And before then, I covered the the Dodgers and, and then the, right. the Angels before that. And, of course, you had your time – uh, in, in South Florida, so yeah, we're about the same, I think, pretty much in terms of service time. When were you? When did you start doing this thing, this uh, Braves beat thing? I mean, this uh, baseball beat thing. Oh man, gosh, my first baseball game I ever covered, I was still a junior in high school or a junior in college, and that was in uh, 1996. And uh, I'll never forget, I was it was I was a stringer, so I was working per assignment um, for a little suburban paper in Southern California. And uh, I was in I was in college, and so I was in Chicago. I went to Northwestern, and when the Dodgers came to Wrigley Field, I, I would cover the Dodgers for them. And uh, my first time I ever covered a game, uh, the, the 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 Dodgers just got boat raced by the Cubs. Like Jim Bollinger pitched a two hitter, Ramon Martinez, you know, uh, uh, had a hamstring injury running down the line, and you know they committed like three errors. It was a terrible game. So the first time I ever went in a, a manager's office for the post game, it was Tommy Lasorda after the Dodgers had gotten boat raced, and he was in a terrible mood. And I was like, I wanted to melt like Homer Simpson in the bush. I wanted to melt in the back wall of that room. Please don't look at me. Please don't call on me. Please don't pick on me. I know I'm like 20 years old, and I yeah. look like I'm 17. And and uh, and thank God he didn't. But yeah, that was that was that was the first game I ever covered. But my first time on a beat, full time traveling was two thousand. So yeah, it's kind of crazy how time has fl- uh, flown by here. Yeah. Well, my first was ninety five covering the Marlins, and uh, yeah, Lasorda was he was a piece of work, man, to say the least. But uh, yeah, there's some great Lasorda stories out there. Oh, Ramon Martinez, by the way, I've got I've covered six no hitters, and he would have been a seventh. But my first year on the beat. First half of my first season, I split with Gordon Eads. And Gordo was from, had lived out in LA, covered the, covered the Dodgers and Lakers back in the day. So he didn't, he didn't want to miss that trip. So he took that trip and Ramon Martinez threw a no hitter against the Marlins. Yeah. And if I had covered that one, I would have, would have had seven. But so, um, yeah, people forget that Pedro had a brother that was pretty damn good for a while. He really was. He was a great, great pitcher, and and, and Pedro kind of overshadowed him a little bit. But a little uh, bit. just a very quiet guy. Ramon is very different from Pedro. Pedro's, yeah. you know, we see him on TV. We know he's out, kind of outlandish. I never yeah. forget one time I was interviewing him. 
uh, and I was in the clubhouse in the vi- uh, visiting clubhouse in Anaheim. And I'm interviewing him, and he stops mid-sentence because the, the, the game was on behind him, and Delano DeShields comes up to the plate, and he stops, and he says, there he is, there he is, Tommy Lasorda traded me for that guy, right there. <laughs> and I'm like, Pedro, you, you just won a Cy Young, you're one of the best pitchers in, in baseball history, you're having one of the most dominant years ever, and that chip on his shoulder just never went away that the Dodgers yeah. traded him. For Delano De Shields, uh, and and yeah, it was just told you all everything you needed to know about what made that guy tick. But yeah. Ramon, Ramon, very different guy, very quiet, very reserved, but but was an ace pitcher in his own right for 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 quite a few years. Um, Delano De Shields, I saw him win a slam dunk contest one time at Florida Atlantic University back when they had those with like guys from different sports and everything. Oh, how about that? Yeah, the yeah. in uh, Boca Raton. Nice, nice. I think Dion was in that too, wearing uh, glasses, sunglasses, and a hat. Oh, uh, very good, very good. So, hey, listen, we've all been surprised by how good the Giants have been this season, obviously. And I think, I think up until like the last month or so, everybody's expecting them to falter at some point, you know. But now I think we all realize now this team is for real. Obviously, they're 120 games into this; it's not a fluky thing at this point. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone even picked them to win a wild card, to be a wild card team, as far as I recall. But they've had the best record in the majors and basically and led the NOS from uh, start to finish so far. What's been the most surprising part of this Giants team to you? And did you have any kind of an inkling that they might be a, a playoff contender at least this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, it surprised us too. Those of us who who uh, knew what, what they were all about and had a, a good idea of what their talent level was. I think the most optimistic projections were probably about 85 wins, maybe. Uh Hey, let's, you know, can they? The big thing is they had had four consecutive losing seasons and never in the history of the franchise, going back 130 plus years, had they ever had five losing seasons in a row. And that was kind of one of the storylines is, okay, can can they make incremental progress and be a 500 team? And Mm -hmm. You know, it was. It's really hard to gauge what we saw last year. It was sixty games. It was yeah. in, in front of cardboard cutouts. You yeah. know, you had you had no idea. Some guys opted out. They didn't have Buster last year, but you know, they finished what twenty nine and thirty one. If they had won one more game, they would have tied the the Brewers for the final playoff spot. Um, you know that that it was expanded postseason. That doesn't really mean a lot, but they they played pretty well last season given what what we expected and the offense especially outperformed a lot of what we thought in terms of projections with Mike Yastrzemski being a top 10 player in the MVP balloting and Uh guys like Alex Dickerson you know uh, Crawford had a better season last year after being you know looking like he was almost done cooked as an offensive player so so there were a lot of little positive signs going into 2021 but you just didn't know what to make of them. How, how, what, did, what did they really mean? What did they sort of portend? So, you know, I thought that they made enough progress that they could you know, not be an embarrassment. They were not going to be yeah. uh, the last place team in the National League West this year. Um, I, I thought they could kind of be on the fringes of contention uh, if things broke right. But, I mean, they're on a pace 
uh, Dave, to win 105 games. Yeah. I mean, this is not just a team that's outperforming projections and could be the second wild card. This is a team yeah. that is on a 105-win pace. So they're hitting the most homers in the major leagues. And and, and that, that part just completely shocks me. Yeah, um, we've been real conscious of that because they've been the only team ahead of the Braves in the National League on the home run pace all year. And last year, the Braves finished just behind the Dodgers in home runs, like in home runs and runs. So to keep looking up and seeing who's ahead of the, the Braves home run wise and see the Giants, you know, so I've been aware of that all year. And and that certainly has been, you know, the irony of this, uh, uh, of them being so good is that it was the Dodgers and the Padres that made all the moves in the offseason that everybody was like, oh, these two teams are going for it. Poor Giants, they're going to suck again. So for the, to, and they're getting Gabe Kapler for God's sakes. And we had seen Gabe Kapler in Philly. So we're going, oh, they have no idea what they're getting. And, you know, so this, that, that only added to the surprise factor, at least from the outside looking in from the other coast watching this thing unfold. We all thought the Dodgers and the Padres were going to run away with this thing. I think everybody did. Everybody assumed that this was going to be one of the best division races in baseball. We just had the two right. wrong teams, the, <laughs> the wrong two teams. We had one of them, right? You know, and, and, right. And that really is one of the amazing things is the Giants have won nine straight series. They've been on this incredible pace and they can't get any separation from the Dodgers yeah. because the Dodgers, for as many things as gone wrong for the Dodgers, Dustin May had Tommy John surgery. Clayton Kershaw has been out for a while. Uh, Mookie Betts has not been Mookie Betts. Uh, Clay Bell, uh, Cody Bellinger has not been Cody Bellinger no. at all. And, Trevor and Bauer, he had some problems, from what I understand. Quite, quite a few, I think. Yeah, there's there's a few documented issues there, and, and yet they can't shake. The, that's how good the Dodgers yeah. are. Is is yeah. uh, um, you know they're still right there, and and you know I think that if you look at some of the projection systems and some of the numbers in our own vaunted power rankings on theAthletic.com, the Dodgers are number one. So there's still an expectation that they're going to yeah. win this division, but the Giants are kind of like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're yeah. not going to lose a series here. We're not going to give you a chance. To catch up, the Dodgers won. Uh, what was it? Uh, nine out of ten, and and made up one game. So yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 now you know shaping up to be one of the better division pennant races um, of all time uh, since really. the Dodgers Braves back in the yeah. day. <laughs> or, or since I'll, I'll tell you what, if, if you talk to Giants fans, the one they're going to bring yeah. up is 1993, of course, uh, right. when the Giants won 103 games and then and went home because there was no wild card. Yeah, and they're they're still uh, very Braves, very Braves salty. Giants, yeah, they're very salty when the Braves were part of the NL West and they won the division. And 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 really, Giants fans can't decide who to be madder at: the Rockies for going zero and thirteen against the Braves that year, yeah, yeah, or the Padres for trading the Braves' Fred McGriff, who just went right. off. So yeah, there, yeah, that's what I meant. Some, the Braves Giants, the last great race. Yeah, and and, and yeah. that that almost really that 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 was kind of the race I think that for the Bob Costases of the world, the purists who just hated yeah. the wild card. Yeah, that kind of made the wild card sellable. Because exactly. hey, what? Wh- how fair is this? We have a team winning 103 games, not making the playoffs. Let, let's fix that. So the Giants kind of made made life easy on Bud Selig to sell that the ushering in of the wild card. So yeah, you won't have that situation this time around. If if the Giants don't win the division, they'll certainly be in that wild card game against uh, you know probably the Reds or Padres. But uh, but they they don't want that. They want that division. They feel they 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 are they. Have, there's no reason they shouldn't shoot for that and. Uh, you know, I, I expect that they're going to, uh, you know, maintain their focus and, and try to, to close this out. 
I covered the 97 Marlins team that won the wild card and they hadn't quite figured out. Uh, they had, they still had some, some kinks to work out in the wild card formula because get this, the, the, the Marlins win the wild card that year, right? So the giants, they're playing the giants who won the West. The giants have the home field advantage, so to speak, because the, the wild card team could not have home field advantage, but how they did it was they started at the wild card spot with two games and the home field advantage, it means you get three, four, and five at your place. Now, who could have thought something that stupid? So what the Braves did, they won the first two games at home. It's a best three out of five. So they go to San Francisco. All they got to do is win one game. <laughs> and, the, and the Giants had home field advantage. So to, that's what they called it, at least. Right, sure. So the Braves yeah. go out there and, and win one game, and they sweep. They sweep the Giants, who had home field advantage and played one game at home in a best of five series. Yeah, yeah, it's and funny. You, you the Braves went on to win the World Series, or the Marlins went on to win the World Series that year. A, a lot of things I think Giants fans have been able to let go of because, oh, I guess, well, gosh, gee, they won the World Series in 2010, 2012, 2014. Right. right. So, so it's easy to kind of let go of a little bit of the pain uh, from from the years before that. But yeah, yeah, th- there were, you know, you look especially at Barry Bonds. You look at some of Barry Bonds was a terrible postseason player. Uh, right. For for a good chunk of his career before yep. 2002, and he had a terrible postseason series against the Braves. You know, against you know the Mets. You know, I, I was I was joking around, thinking I can't think of the last time I've seen the Mets play well against the Giants. It seems like the Giants always boss them around. And I had to go back to like Benny Ogbeyani's home run against them in the you know the NLDS yeah. in 2000 or something like that. Uh, but yeah, you, it's funny. Giants fans still kind of they they they're not at the forefront anymore, of course, because they've been their pain's been alleviated somewhat by those three titles. But they don't let go of some of those postseason losses yeah. before that. Yeah, it's, yeah, two thousand three. That team won a hundred games and won the division. And you know, you still think of of Pudge Rodriguez holding up that baseball after JT Snow yeah. crashed into him for the final out. Uh, to seal their fate in the division series in in in, in that uh, that 2003 season. So, um, yeah, well, it's, uh, you don't let go of that pain, I guess, so easily. Let's hear from today's sponsors. They've got to like this, though, that, that, that there's still people are still favoring. Like in our power rankings, we still have the Dodgers number one. The Giants are probably, are probably driven by that, if anything, right? I mean, they, they probably don't want to be the – Number one right now. I mean, they want everybody to still think the Dodgers are the are the better team. I mean, they still got that. Uh, all right, we'll show you. I mean, 120 games in, you still don't believe we're better. All we yeah. can do is keep winning. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'd imagine that they don't mind being in that position. I, I honestly think that they're so mentally disciplined. And it's hard for us to know, right? We're not in the clubhouse right. like we normally are right. to really understand like the team culture and chemistry and stuff. But um, everything that I can gather from you know, uh, the time I'm on the field talking to players, talking to coaches, you know, some of the some of these guys I go back with the ways and I can text with a little bit and, and go off the record with a little bit. You know, they are just so mentally disciplined, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's being disciplined in what they swing at or, or mm-hmm. just how they approach day to day. This is really as mentally disciplined a team as I've ever covered. And yeah. I, I honestly think they don't care. <laughs> They're just like let let's let's put ourselves in the best position to win every game. And you know they take all those cliches, those one day at a time cliches, and they that that's how they really are. And uh, it's it's been 
it's been honestly pretty pretty inspiring to, to watch uh, from yeah, a personal level. I, I mean, we've, we've all been through so much, you know, these last couple of years. And and so to to see a group of people who are just so focused on a task and, and, and believe in each other in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, gosh, the other day Donovan Solano hits a pinch hit homer in the yeah. eighth inning to win a game at Oakland. And he pinch hit for Lamont Wade Jr. And the day before, Lamont yeah. Wade Jr. hit a pinch hit homer in the ninth to win a game yeah. at Oakland. And when Lamont Wade Jr. pinch hit, he pinch hit for Darren Ruff, who had hit a homer in his previous at bat. So, you know, this whole managerial go with the hot hand thing, that doesn't exist. And you, and you think players would be like, why, why is he pinch hitting for me? I hit a home run in my last at bat. Yeah. None of that exists at all. I mean, there's this level of, of selflessness and, and sort of community that I have never, ever seen before ever covering a team and I've covered teams that have won the world series yeah. and, 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 and on top of that, you, you just sort of, yeah, Solano and Tommy LaStella, you know, are kind of platooning at second base and Solano was the silver slugger award winner at second base last year for the NL. So you think, Oh, you know, LaStella comes off the injured list. There's a little bit of maybe. Some and LaStella was a Braves reject back in the yeah. day. <laughs> and either maybe some grumbling off, there. I should say. Or something, but when they replace one another in a game, because they know they yeah. know that if they start a game, they're coming out as soon as as there's a platoon matchup from a, from the bullpen. They know they're going to be basically you know platooning to the ultra standard in terms of you know it's not mm-hmm. just when I start, but but when I come out of a game. So they hug each other in the middle of a game to pass the wow. baton. That that's kind of the level of sort of brotherhood that they've got going on in this team. I'm like, you got to be kidding. That's a saccharine. You think it's made up, but it's it's not. So it's, it's, I, I was, it's been amazing. I was going to ask you about the pinch hit situation because, again, early on when the Braves were hitting a guy you're familiar with, when Panda was hitting, I yes. mean, it was ridiculous for the first month and a half of the season. He was like, he was on a pace that I've never seen before. I'm going, I've never seen a guy as locked in as this guy is every at bat he comes up. And he was magic. He was hit. He hit four pinch hit home runs in like the first five weeks of the season. Every one of them tied the game or put the Braves ahead in the in the late innings. Every one of them. And then he just that was it. It, it was it. He was he was done early. But the Braves were on this pace. They had a couple other guys hit pinch hit homers too. So they were on this historic pinch hit home run pace. And again, the Giants were the team that was right there with them. The only team. They were like far ahead of everybody else. Well, the Braves fell off. Pablo Sandoval fell off. And the Giants have just kept it going. And people here don't realize the Giants have how many? 14 pinch hit homers, which is absurd. Yeah, 14. Aren't they on a record pace? They, they've already matched their franchise record. I, I believe 17 by the Cardinals. I forget the year exactly is the major league record, which is insane. No other team. And I, I'd have to update this, but as of uh, 48 hours ago, last time I looked, no other team had more than eight. Yeah. But yeah there was a time so I think doubled everybody else. Yeah. N- not, not too uh, really a pretty consistent chunk of the season. I want to say it was maybe in May when half of the pinch hit homers overall in the major leagues had been hit by the Giants plus Pablo Sandoval. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah that, that's that's kind of where they are. And, and they have more pinch hit at bats than anybody as well. So, you know, that 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 does skew it a little bit in terms right. of home runs per, per plate appearance. But you know, that's the way that they're built. They're built to, to you know, they're, they're going to have times when they're going to pinch hit for someone who's already entered the game as a pinch hitter. I mean, that's just the yeah. way that they are built. They, they're built to win with depth. Uh, and, and honestly, for 2021, 
when you're coming off a 60-game season last year, when everyone is dog-dead tired right now, um, no one knows how to anticipate workload and load management, as the NBA calls it. The Giants are perfectly built for this season because, you know, like their record in day games is unbelievable. And part of it is they don't need to rely on the same three or four superstars to drive the engine every day. I mean, uh-huh. they, 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 they started uh, their, their series against the, the Mets um, on Tuesday, and Chris Bryant wasn't in the lineup, and there was nothing wrong with him. It was just, well, we'll just give him a day off here and and, and have him recharge and yeah. give him a little extra time to yeah. you know sort of uh, get settled on the East Coast, East Coast time and stuff. And then he comes in yesterday and he and he hits a homer and he helps them win a game. So um, that that's kind of the way they're built is to win with depth, and, uh, and, and it's it's a perfect time to do it. And in that way, there's so much like the Dodgers from whence your GM came. And I think uh, uh, Alex Anthopoulos gets a lot of that, too, from working with those guys in L.A. The depth thing is so stressed. He worries so much about – he makes sure that, that numbers 20 through 26 on the team are just as important in their way as the first five are because they're going to use them. And he knows you don't want to get caught with his pants down with, with you know, he has two injuries in the outfield and all of a sudden you're using some guy from AAA and you're crossing your fingers and hoping he's really, uh, that he's either ready for the majors or that he's still got something left from playing in the majors five years ago. And they don't want to have that happen again. And it hasn't because they got, they've worried, they've concentrated on depth. The Braves have, Alex has, and the Giants are like that. The Dodgers are like that. The Dodgers have been like that for years, you know, where they, where you were like, why are they going out and get that? They've already got all this. Do they really need to add that? But they don't think like that. Those GMs don't think like that. They they think you can't have enough pitching, you can't have enough depth, and guys that can play five different positions. Yeah, no, it's been uh, Scott Harris is their GM. Uh, you know, they hired him away from the Chicago Cubs, and I was talking to him a couple of months ago, and he said that you know even if they they sort of look at a pitcher who's at Double A in someone else's system that they identify as as a potential. You breakout candidate. Maybe they try to acquire him, but they don't. And then he goes somewhere else. But then he breaks through and he does have success in the major leagues. They're like, we feel gratified if that happens because yeah. it's like our evaluation was right on that guy. But yeah. and to your point, you know, Brandon Belt is having a, a great season. He's got nineteen career high nineteen home runs in just two hundred sixty six plate appearances. Um, but he's missed some time. He had that knee injury. He went out. And there have been times in the past when you you lose a Brandon Belt and all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're playing Tony Abreu at first base. Right. You're playing, right. you know, you got Kelby Tomlinson in the lineup. I don't mean to denigrate specific guys, but guys who were just, you know, kind of major league filler type players. Well, now Belt goes out and you got Darren Ruff and Lamont Wade Jr. tag teaming first base. And uh, in terms of wins above average, the Giants rank right there with the Braves uh, mm-hmm. at first base and wins above average for the position. And the Braves mm-hmm. kind of have this guy named Freddie Freeman, right, who's pretty good. Yeah, so, he's pretty good. So Lamont Wade Jr. steps up and, he, oh, look at that. He's got 17 home runs and 230 at-bats. And, and, and the Twins never thought he was capable of that. But yeah. – uh, uh, so you lose Belt and you do not miss a beat. And the problem yeah. becomes, oh, gosh, what are we going to do when Belt comes back? we got all these guys who are performing. And, and that's just – that's been the case at almost every position. And, wow. you know, they, they, they've had a few guys they've had fill in. Uh, you know, they brought Scott Casimir back who hadn't been in the big leagues in a long time to fill in a little bit. Uh, Tyler Chatwood is a guy they sort of took a flyer on who's, who's up now. 
Um, you know, they, they've had to have guys that, that are stretches fill in here and there. But for the most part, you're right. They're, they basically are beating you with the back end of their roster and mm-hmm. not the front end of their roster. And and having said all that, you know, the guys that, that everyone had sort of given up on, uh, the yeah. guys whose contracts were supposed to be, okay, let's just get through this. Let's let's be respectful to Brandon Crawford. Let's be respectful to Buster Posey and yep. Brandon Bell. I was going to ask you about those two guys. Yeah, you think, okay, these are inherited pieces. They're writing it out. Let's just get to the end of their contracts, and then yeah. they can really rebuild from there. These guys have been the reason they are where they are. Brandon yeah. Crawford, I, I think Brandon Crawford is probably the National League MVP, and, and I don't know if he would win the award. But you see what he does on an everyday basis uh, uh-huh. as a two-way player to help this team win. And I don't think another player is having the year he's having in the National League. And, and that's just astounding. He's 34. And yeah. he's found a way to completely play the best baseball of his life. And this guy's played some great baseball. So, yeah, yeah it, it's been it's been pretty darn remarkable. I'm looking at the – going back to the pinch hitting point, you're uh, the, there are 19 guys in the majors this year with multiple pinch hit home runs. The Giants have four of them. They don't have one guy with more than three, but they've got four guys with two or three. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and Pablo Sandoval still leading the majors with four, all of which came <laughs> in the first five weeks of the season. And yeah. uh, now with Cleveland. Uh, well, it listed with Cleveland, not with Cleveland. But then you've got uh, – the first giant on here is three. He's tied for second with three with a bunch of other guys, including uh, Adrianza with the Braves. And then you got you got three guys with two apiece with Brandon Belt, Flores, and Austin Slater. Yep. Ari Adrianza, by the way, another former giant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really played well. He's, he's a good little player, a good little he, versatile player. Yeah, he, he's always been able to play a major league shortstop, so that, that's yes. that's kept him around. That's kept him around. But uh, yeah, and he hasn't even played that that position here because because Dansby Swanson's played every day. But he's found a way to play to be important at other positions. Right, right, and you know it, it's it's been pretty remarkable to watch the Braves. And I had I had the Braves marked as as the second half team. I thought they were going to be the surprise second half team in the National yeah. League because I just looked at boy Dansby Swanson hasn't done much right. Freddie Freeman hasn't hasn't been himself you know and and I thought well yeah, maybe they just maybe their pitching is going through a lull but then I looked at, at where their value is coming from and they pitched okay they pitched fine yeah, yeah. even when people even when he, when see that. even when Noah decided to you know shadow box against yeah. a wall or whatever he did you know but um I thought gosh it, this team has pitched okay and and some of these offensive guys are really underperforming I kind of feel like the Braves are are, are going to be a slam dunk to, to win this National League East and that was before Ronald Acuña Jr got hurt which right. makes a huge difference but even when he goes down that they're they're the Braves are they're hitting again and uh you know um whether it's uh, Austin Riley or or Dansby Swanson or or um, or Freddie Freeman. I mean, there, there's just too many horses in that lineup for them not to be scoring more runs than than than, uh, than they have been. So um, it's nice to sort of feel like I had that that evaluation right. Yeah, and the only and and all of us who follow the team felt like they were going to go on one of these runs, um, and for the reasons you cited, uh, we knew. Once Freddie got started, which was a month and a half into the season, he kind of warmed up, and then he's never. Re- then he really got hot, and he hasn't slowed down. But we knew that was coming. Um, we all felt like Dansby was going to perform a lot better at some point. We had no idea where he was going to get as hot as he's been. The guy that surprised everybody is Austin Riley 
because he's been a streaky guy in the past where he's gone strong for two or three weeks and then just looked terrible for two or three weeks or a month. He hasn't looked terrible. He's been he's going to get MVP votes probably. I mean, you look at his OPS, his average, his, his, his home runs. He's right there with Freddie. It's crazy. I mean, he's turned the corner in his career. And Dansby Swanson has had 10 home runs since the All-Star break. I mean, he's gone on a power binge that we just didn't see coming from him. But the thing that kind of changed the 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 – or maybe the view a lot of us had about them as a second half team was when Acuna got hurt because I thought you can't do it without Acuna. I mean, they can't do it. I mean, Freddie can carry the offense, but he can't do it without Acuna. Uh, they can't win the division probably without Acuna, but I had no idea that they were going to get as much as they've gotten from Dansby, that Riley was going to keep it going. And then these trades they made, I mean, Alex hit that, that, uh, he got criticized by a lot of people from out on the day of the trade deadline and when he picked up Jock Peterson before that as like, okay, that's not, that's not going to move the move the needle very much. But all the moves that he made have worked out so far, and they haven't even brought up uh, uh, Eddie Rosario, who's got like who's hitting like crazy in AAA on rehab now. So they'll be adding him at any point, especially for September. It's going to be another bat in there. So uh, yeah, they've been. Uh, They've been a little surprising with what they've done offensively since Acuna went down, but the pitching has been strong. And a guy you saw last year, Drew Smiley, has been he 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 drew the fans' ire in the first month and a half of the season. It was really bad. Gave up a ton of home runs, but he's one of those guys that even though he still gets criticized a lot by the fans, he's actually pitched quite well uh, since his third beginning with the third month of the season. His last like 12, 13 starts, the Braves have won all but one of those games, and. Doesn't go real deep in the games because only about five innings, but he's been a solid pitcher and stopped giving up so many homers. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a, a turbo Rich Hill a little bit. That breaking ball is just such yeah. an out pitch for him, and he missed so many bats. You know, and he was hurt yeah. for the Giants last year too. But then he he got back in there when he did pitch. It was just eye opening, and yeah. I I really feel like the Giants and the Giants felt this way, and I I think they're they're valid for thinking it. If they had found a way to sneak into last year's postseason as that number eight team in that expanded postseason field. And they just missed out. Um, you know, they they, uh, they they lost the last game of the season. They, they could have mm-hmm. gotten into a tie. But if they had gotten in, they would have been the eight seed. They would have played the Dodgers. And it was a very, very short uh, series. And, you know, yeah. the way that Drew Smiley was pitching at the time, the way that Kevin Gossman was pitching at yeah. the time and has, has continued to pitch for the most part this year, they felt like it was a free roll. No one would have expected them to do yeah. anything against the Dodgers, but they felt sort of sneaky confident that they could have they could have upset the apple cart there and beaten the Dodgers in that first round postseason series one versus eight. They could have could have yeah. pulled the De- Denver Nuggets on them. They had uh, played but, them enough to to be confident, right? I mean, yeah, they knew what they yeah. had. And, That's and like so when they, I covered the Marlins against the Braves in uh, in '97. Even though the Braves won the division, the Marlins had played them head to head enough times that they knew they knew they could beat them in a series, and they did in the NLCS that year. Yeah, and, and I think that's the way that the, the Giants felt last year, and obviously they they weren't able to sneak in, and, and the Brewers ended up being that eighth seed. Um, but uh, I think and then that, the Braves were up three one on the Dodgers in the NLCS. 
Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, uh, but you know what? It, and, and I hear this a lot from Giants fans. They say, Oh, it doesn't matter that the Dodgers won. That's a, you know, that's an asterisk world series. Nah. It's only a 60 game season. And I, I, I have to, you know, you're, you're sensitive to what your fan base thinks, but right. I, I call people out on that. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't go there with me because a, they had to go through four rounds of postseason yeah, play, not, exactly. not three. B, I don't care that they won 60 games and that's it. You think they wouldn't have won the division if it was 162 games? Look at how talented that right. team is. And and three, none of us can appreciate how hard it was yeah. uh, to, to play last season when they were completely away from their family, from their friends, from their kids, from their wives, from everybody important yeah. in their lives. And what they sacrificed to be able to play that 60-game season, how disorienting it was. It took so much mental toughness to get through last year. I mean, for all of us. But yeah. but uh, So I, I think the Dodgers absolutely deserve last year's World Series champion. They deserve... To, to be on the same standing with, with everybody else who've, who's won a World if, Series. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of shout that one out whenever I hear it from Giants fans. The, the Dodgers deserve it. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. If you talk to players or managers or coaches, they will all tell you last year was harder as more of a grind than any 162 game season because of the reasons you cited. And then what else, what, what people also forget is, they had no home field advantage in the NLCS or the World Series. They're on a neutral field. And the Dodger Stadium, as you know, is quite a home field advantage. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I mean, it, yeah. So in the, it, so in a lot of ways, it was a tougher year to win the World Series than it is in other years. Uh, so there was just – there was a whole different set of challenges that teams faced last year. You had to be mentally tough. And you had to avoid screwing up like some teams did and, and having a bout of COVID, you know, decimated yeah. for a while yeah and the, and the giants were they had i think one uh positive covid test beyond intake and that was a false positive on alex dickerson they they were yeah. very very disciplined yeah uh, very well with coached too. with the covid protocols and uh that well, I mean, that made a huge difference that made a difference in a lot of sports like college football some teams barely got able to play because they had so many covid positives yep. and and some teams you know were able to Stay really disciplined, make good choices, and 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 put themselves in a position to have a memorable season in a year where no one wants to me- remember anything. So it's terrible. But uh, well, anyway, I guess I guess we're probably wrapping up. But but yeah. tell me real quick what you expect from this three game series here coming up between these two teams. It's going to be a good series. The Braves are playing really well. They had that, you know, they kind of got brought back to reality by the Yankees. They had won nine in a row, but the Yankees had also won nine in a row. And now the Yankees have won 11 in a row, and the Braves have won nine in a row and lost right. the next two. So, but the last game was really good. Could have gone either way. Freddie got, you know, bad call at home plate, but the, the Yankees are legit, obviously. They're playing well now. So I think this series is going to be good. I think, uh, I think one team will win two to one. I think that I don't think either team's going to sweep this thing. And, I wanted to ask you about real quick before you go, Gabe Kapler, because we saw the worst of Gabe Kapler, I think, when he was with the Phillies. You know, we saw him, you know, kind of learning to be a manager, screwed up a lot with the on the big stage and got hammered for it and shown, you know, on MOB Network and ESPN, the highlights getting booed, the moves he made. And I think it was kind of he came across as kind of arrogant and not and not really with a deft touch with his team. And 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 making moves that were by the book and not with any kind of a, a feel for the game. But these it seems from outside looking in that he really learned from the experience because he's been totally different out there. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you my, my sort of thumbnail sketch on Gabe Kapler. So, I, you know, he, he gets hired to replace Bruce Bochy, which is a tough ask for yeah. anybody. And he's so, so different from Bruce Bochy. He's a different personality. And, uh, you know, he gets hired and it's an unpopular hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they knew that that they were going to have to, you know, work to, to build some consensus behind him. Um, because a lot of the fans just were, were really turned off by him, whether it was because he just really struggled in Philadelphia and was fired there and, and, and had taken a team that they expected to win and, and had two seasons where they kind of scraped 500, or whether it was, you know, some of the things he'd written about on his blog in the past that made him yeah. seem a bit kind of, kind of, kind of flighty or quirky. Yeah. Um, or, 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 you know, just the fact that you look at this guy and he's this chiseled guy. He's uh, huge, man. <laughs> who, who, you, you can't identify with him, right? You think, oh, you know, it's, uh, you know, how, how authentic is this person? Because Bochi was just an authentic right. person. Right. You knew, you knew what you got with him. And, and you know, this guy is just very different. And I, and I even thought covering him, I'm like, Okay, we're gonna have to talk to him twice a day. Yeah. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to listen to his psychobabble twice a day, and and I I really thought that that he was a very inauthentic person. I really uh-huh. did. I, I, and maybe that's my fault for prejudging him a little bit. Yeah, I I, I can't tell you how how blown away I've been um, by just how different he he is to what I expected. Yeah, uh, the players love playing for him, uh, and and he's had to get them to buy in. To a lot of things that that you know are probably going to take money out of their pockets in terms of uh, mm-hmm. arbitration and, and and the ways you get paid tunes and all that. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he, there's a lot of sacrifice in the way they play that he has to get people to buy into, and they have totally bought into it. Uh, he brought in all these coaches that had little to no major league experience as players. Uh, some some guys have never even played professional baseball. Uh-huh. And you think, well, this is really how, how is this going to fly? How are players going to going to you know deal with this? Are they going to really respect these coaches? And, and they have. It's worked. Um, and, and I think that you know the thing about about Gabe is he he hits a little bit differently in terms of how he interacts with you personally. He he does come across as seeming a bit um, uptight or, or 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 you know he wants to say things the perfect way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you realize as you talk to him. That it's not that he's he's all caught up in appearances, uh, which you could easily think that he is. He he really does just want to say the right. He wants he doesn't want to be misconstrued. He wants to be understood for who he is. And mm-hmm. San Francisco is a perfect place for him. He's someone who has used his platform for social justice initiatives. He knelt for the anthem last year. Uh, he mm-hmm. hired the first female coach in Major League history. He's. He, I think he wants to be a Major League manager, not because he loves managing baseball games, but because it gives him a platform to make a difference and do things that that can make a difference socially, uh, that can make a difference, um, you know, it, it just in terms of um, kind of using his his profile to elevate others uh, who maybe otherwise wouldn't be elevated, and um, that that's that's the way that he thinks about his job. And you know, besides that, we you know, we we don't judge major league managers on how socially conscious they right. are. It's how many games they win. Yeah. And 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 you thought, oh gosh, you know. This guy, is he going to have the feel and the touch to, to manage off of a script uh, that uh, mm-hmm. the front office gives to him? Can he really make calls within a game? And, you know, we, we touched on it earlier. He pinch hit for a guy who had hit a home run, who hit a pinch hit home run. And the next day, 
he pinch hit for that guy with another guy who would have pinch hit homer to win a game. So I mean, yeah, he really has rolled the dice and 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 made some moves that have been off off script, uh, wow. and and they've worked out. So um, yeah. I, I just think that Good for him, man. Yeah, he, and he, he's really reversed the uh, the opinion that a lot of people had of him. I think he, he has. And the last thought I'll share, and I know we're going way over time here, but the the last thought I'll share is is when when we were were talking with Farhan Zaidi, Giants president, after yeah. the 2019 uh, season, uh, when he had Bruce Bochy as his manager for the the one year, his first year of his tenure. Uh, you know, of course, a lot of the discussion in that sort of postseason press conference right after the year ended was, what are you going to look for in a manager? And mm-hmm. one of the things he said was, you know, there may even be candidates out there who have struggled uh, in a previous managerial role. And, and right. we, may be, we may be the benefits of that if, if we right. hire them because we'll learn from uh, – they'll learn from where they've been. And we didn't have to take those lumps, but but we may be the benefit of it because we get someone who is smarter for it as a result. And and he's saying that, and I'm thinking in my mind, they're hiring Gabe Kapler. He just he just said it. <laughs> yeah, he, he just, just he just outlined soon, it for you. As soon as the Phillies cut him loose, the Giants are going to hire him, and that's exactly what happened. So um, it's wow. it's been a, a tremendous partnership, and 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 a, it was a really unpopular hire when it happened. But you know, I, I don't I think he's completely changed people's minds, and good for him for doing that. I saw him yesterday being interviewed by Mad Dog on MLB Network, and he had on one of those, uh, you know, tech fabric undershirt, skin tight. And I'm like, dude, how do you maintain that physique managing a major league baseball team? How do you have time? To, he looks like a linebacker. My God, the guy's put together. Yeah, I'll just say, Jesus, he had his, he had his birthday last <laughs> month, and and they gave him they gave him a cake. And the cake w- looked like a giant tomahawk ribeye steak. It was one of those, you know, uh, those those uh, like cake wars cakes or whatever. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a work of art. And and you cut into it, and it was red velvet, uh, right. you know, on the inside. So it was an actual cake. And I said, "We asked him, well, how, well, how was it? He's like, well, I didn't eat any of it. Like, <laughs> I didn't eat any Come of on. It. Instead, he went out and he got a real steak. And, and I bet. Yeah. So he's, he's keto. He's probably keto max, right? He he is keto max. Although the other day he was raving about a place in New York where he ate some truffle fries that were the best truffle fries he ever wow. ate. Wow! And that's after they went out to a staff dinner at a pizzeria. And I said, "Wait a second! You telling me you had pizza followed by truffle fries in one day? That that's probably that's like a year's worth of cheat cheat days for him." And then so, it worked out for yeah. like three hours before he got to the it, ballpark. Exactly. <laughs> where for you and me, that I, I call that Wednesday. You know, <laughs> so. Have pizza and a bunch of fries. Yeah, that's that sounds yeah. like about a Wednesday to me. Well, it's gonna be funny to see him talking to if they're if they him and Snit talk together at any point because they couldn't be any more different, man. No, I'll tell you what though, I I'm, I'm I always I always look forward to uh, to a trip to Atlanta since they they moved to uh, up up to Cobb County and I'll hit my my favorite spot, one of my favorite places to to get lunch or to get a meal. Uh, all through the major league circuit is that heirloom market barbecue. Oh, that place is awesome, man! I love it. I love. I can't wait. I great can't place. wait. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there Friday afternoon. All right, dude. Well, it's been great talking to you, man. I really appreciate you jumping on here. I know you're busy We're up there in New York and all that. We've had we've had the unprecedented back to back days off here. So <laughs> enjoy the uh, rest of the time in New York, and we'll see you down here in Atlanta. All right. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. All right, buddy. Thanks. Seven fifty five is real, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>